0: Welcome to the Manology Project Podcast I am your host, Quentin Crumby And on this channel, we're going to be discussing What true manhood looks like As we understand our value, our identity And our purpose as men Using godly principles Now let's get to it Hey, welcome back to the Manology Project Podcast Man, it has been a minute since I've went live On Facebook Um, And I'm happy to be back Uh, just to be able to, you know, have you guys listen to some more of our content. And uh, for those who have been supporting us and following us, I thank you very much. Continue to share. Uh, It's just been a blessing. And then for all those who are new listening to the Manology Project Project podcast, uh, basically what we do here is we did just uh, discuss common issues and seek solutions to problems that, that are shared and faced amongst all men. In today's uh, um, culture. So what we're going to do today is uh, May is Mental Health Month, as we know. Uh, so I thought that I would bring on uh, a young gentleman uh, to kind of talk us through some, um, some challenges and things that he faces on a day-to-day basis uh, in his job and then how he balances that out with his family. Uh, he's been a great friend. We met a few years ago and, um, and I've always wanted to have him come on our show, uh, because I think he could add some extreme great value. Uh, he's a lifer in marriage with his wife, Lori, and, uh, they have four, uh, uh sons. And so we're going to hear all about his story, his life, how, how it all came together. And, and, and we just want to, you know, just kind of keep our listening ears on I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, but he's the executive director over at life challenge ministry and, uh, this is uh Mr. Jeff. And I hope I say your name right. Let me add you in here so I can make sure I say the name right. Bonsalar.
1: Bonsalar, you got it. Ooh. It's
0: a tough name. Yes. <laughs> so uh thank you, Jeff, for joining me on today, man. I appreciate it. Uh, uh and I, and I hope you hope you have a great time. because uh, I got some great questions here, and uh excellent, and, and we should have a great conversation. Um, why don't you do this first before we even get in there, man? Why don't you go ahead and just kind of tell people about who you are, what you do, and all that kind of good stuff?
1: Well, first and foremost, I am a Christ follower. Uh, I have been in recovery from everything from self-righteousness to anger to pride and everything else for the last fifty years. Um, you might say, why do I bring that up? I run. Uh, I oversee a life challenge program, the residential care facility for those that struggle with drug and alcohol addiction. And um, I'm the firm believer that everyone has addictions and it may not be drugs, it may not be alcohol, but we all have our go-to attachments. And while I do not have a drug and or alcohol issue, I've got other addictions that the Lord continues to recover me from. And I'm, I'm just grateful, Quentin, that there is a God who is merciful and that continues to reclaim us and reclaim us and reclaim us. So I stand or sit before you as someone who has been a recipient of God's great grace.
0: Man, that is awesome. And you're right. I'm so happy that he does reclaim us (laughs) because I don't know where and how we will be able to survive. (laughs) He loves knuckleheads and I'm living proof, man. (laughs) I agree with that, man, because I know that I I, the knucklehead in me, man, definitely was must have drew him to me or I drew him. I mean, I drew myself to him because, gee, Louise, I was just a Just a basket case. And the thing uh, is, the thing is, he does his best work
1: with knuckleheads. Yes. Because he gets all the glory. Because God isn't looking for people with ability. We've all heard that it's availability. He's looking for people who will just say, Here I am, send me, God. And so, yeah. Another topic, another day.
0: Well, I mean that's really just good for even even the where we're headed on today is because we're just talking about men. This being a man is an extremely um challenging uh job in itself. Um just carrying the title as a man and 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 all the responsibilities that come along with it and the pressures of life to be successful, to be a great husband, to be this great father, to be a great follower of Christ and Um, and, and with all of that on top of us, it just gets tough, uh, on being able to process the way that God wants us to live our life. And, um, and that's why we want to just kind of have a great conversation on that work life balance. Uh, uh, and since you're a man of faith, of course, that has to play the main part of the foundation, uh, for it. Uh, but how about you tell us, um, about, you know, uh, your family. And then uh, also the position that you hold over at Life Challenge.
1: Okay. So uh, I've been married for 32 years to a wonderful lady, Lori. And um, I'm grateful she took my hand. And um, we have four wonderful sons. Let's see. Two are married. Uh, One has given us our first grandchild, a little grandbaby girl. And then I have two still in our home a 25 year old who's an electrical apprentice, and my youngest son, Johnny. He graduates from high school in a couple of weeks. I have no idea where my (laughs) life went and where time went. Um, I know. And so that's my family. And then uh, I oversee, as I indicated, a ministry called Life Challenge we have campuses in detroit for men and for women and one in flint and i've been doing that uh, longer than i've been married 34 years and i have the joy of journeying with men and women who've lost their way and um, who need help and hope and that's found we believe in jesus christ we believe there are many things that feed addiction but at the center of all addiction is um, a sin issue. And we believe that that can only be solved through the Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. So that's what we do. And it's been a, a joy.
0: Oh, man, that's great. So, what makes this program that you guys or uh, that you oversee? So, what, does, what makes this program so much different from the other programs?
1: Yeah, it's a, a good question. So, probably three key things. Number one, the length of time. We offer up to one year of residential care. Uh, you know, we believe there's value in maybe, uh, 14 day programs and 30 day programs, but Quentin, I think we all know you don't become a a drug addict or an alcoholic overnight. right? And you're not cured overnight. It takes time to unlearn, to deconstruct and then to relearn. And so we offer a year program. Uh, A second thing, um, We offer holistic care. You know, we believe that um, addiction touches every aspect of who we are, body, soul, and spirit. And so, yes, the thrust is the spirit, but yet we also know that there are psychological needs that need to be addressed. So we have therapy and counseling, and we have healthy living courses just for the care of the body. So holistic care, driven again by a gospel-centeredness. And the third thing, it's very structured. It's intense. You can't come and go as you please. I mean, it's not a prison, but um, you're only given so much free time as you mature through the program. So for the first three months, you can't even leave um, the property unsupervised. And that's intense, but it's designed to get people away from the crazy zone and really get rebooted and re-anchored and re-cemented uh, and build a foundation from which they can um, live on and live successfully upon.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I've been the, to the facility and, and I'm going to tell you guys that it is a well oiled machine um, that Jeff runs over there um, and is extremely clean. Um, but you're right, though. It's, it, you know, you guys, it's, it's all about business over there, it's all about getting uh, an, uh, a healthy perspective of life uh, through the lens of Christ. And that is, uh, that has been something that's been really good, uh, to watch over there. Me and my wife, we, uh, we actually would teach a class. Um, the, um, I forget what class we taught. Oh, relationship class, the healthy relationship class. Um, and, uh, and I'm gonna tell you, it was just a joy to be able to have our conversation. You felt it was a class you were supposed to be teaching, but, um, I would turn it into two more of a conversation. Let's talk about where you've been, how you got where you're at, and then what has God done? Uh, because I just feel that if you can remind yourself how great God has been, it just ups, <laughs> it It just elevates the joy that you have for Christ. Uh, if you can actually look at it and be able to talk about how good God has been for you. So I know firsthand that the program worked, me and my wife did it for three years. Um, teaching that healthy relationship class uh, for Life Challenge. So it's been a, it's, it's very awesome over there. Uh, now I do have a, a funny thing here. So what motivated or what was the motivational spark for you to take your ministry gifts and talents <laughs> over to Life Challenge? I mean, you went to Bible school. I mean, you, you, you did everything that you were supposed to do that could have probably had you into more of a traditional ministry. Uh, lifestyle, but what was the motivational? What was that spark that said, Hey, let me follow where God is leading me, you know, cause I know God sent you, but what was your personal spark or motivation to that?
1: Well, uh, it might surprise you. I never went through, um, a period in my life in my adolescence where I asked, what am I going to do when I grow up? Never. And here's the reason, um, my mom and dad were workers at a teen challenge or adult and teen challenge center, AKA life challenge center uh, in another area. And so I grew up with upwards of 28 alcoholic, drug addict uh, ladies. And I had a front row chair and saw what Jesus could do in broken people. And so Quentin, I'd say probably 13, I never had one of those, um, you know, climatic moments. This is God. Um, but <laughs> what, else, what else is a young man to do but to continue on in the tradition of his father? Yeah. I'm grateful for a father who paved the way. And so um, I went to Bible school and seminary all with the intention of um, putting whatever gifts and passions God had deposited in me in the use and in the service of um, a teen challenge or adult and teen challenge facility. So um, I'm probably one of those few people. I knew what I was going to do and Mm -hmm. have done it and by God's grace, continue to do it and may die doing it.
0: So (laughs) listen that, you know, uh, and I'm glad you actually brought that part up about the father um, because I think that that is just, awesome that your father was able to have that type of an impact yes. on you Um, and the work that he was doing. Uh, seeing that it was work that was really not traditional or even healthy <laughs> in a sense of what other people were going through and to be able to watch that process. Uh, but I am uh, very amazed and, and, and happy that you were actually able to look at your dad and say, hey, this is something that I also um, actually I have an, I have a passion for, uh, even if it did come out of, you know, the atmosphere or the, I, I normally say the environment in which we create as men, um, that that's, that's really what ends up happening to your, your wife and your children is that if you create this right type of atmosphere or environment, they should thrive in the things that you put on the table. If you, as a dad, if you put something yeah, out on a table, I think that your kids should be able to pick that stuff up and say, I think I can try that because of the environment that you've created Mm -hmm. through that relationship that you've had with Christ, you know, all your life. So uh, that was just fantastic to be able to hear, um, which I can't believe you never asked yourself what you were going to do. You know, that's (laughs) never did. (laughs) That is just, (laughs) that is just so crazy. Uh, Just kind of locked in with, uh, with service. I I will tell you this
1: when I began my tenure back in May of 1988, so exactly 34 years ago, um, that first summer was brutal because I Mm -hmm. came in thinking I'm God's man, you know? (laughs) I've got an education, I've got the experience, the pedigree, and man, did God give me a quick humbling. And I can remember, uh, Quentin, that first summer I had serious doubts did I make a mistake. Yeah. And I'll never forget, there was a man that volunteered and God, God put a word in his heart for me, although he may not have known it, but I remember him coming up to me in this season of doubt. And again, it was pretty Traumatic because for the last you know 15 years of my life this is the trajectory and now I'm there and I think right. wow did I do the right thing
0: yeah. and he
1: looked at me and he said Jeff you're God's anointed yeah that's all he said and he said it like he meant it <laughs> and it was one of those rama filled words it, it was it was a timely word and it fortified me like okay. I may not have it all together. I am, you know, um, a work in progress. I'm not all that. Notwithstanding, God wants me. He wants to use me in this ministry, and he has anointed me to do such. I needed those life words in me.
0: Right. Don't we just love the way God will always confirm when we are in doubt. <laughs> yes. When, when your mind gets to twisting and, and, and fleeting from what he actually wants, you know, has purpose for you to do, uh, then he'll send someone uh, to yes. always confirm it to. And like you said, it was like just that rainbow word that just brought more life to saying, man, I can do it. I'm not everything, but I can do the work that yeah. God has given me. So yeah. that that's that's just fantastic. Yeah. What has been some of the challenges you faced? Um. Over the thirty-five years, like what have what have been just some of the challenges?
1: Yeah, um, my first uh, round of challenges, which lasted probably close to twenty years, was finances. And not saying that it's all together now, but um, when I took over the ministry, we were thirteen weeks behind in salary. Uh, it was touch and go. And Quentin, I don't consider myself a salesman. Um, I don't consider myself this great orator. Um, In fact, there is a shyness to me, which might be surprising. And here I am in a position as a director at the age of 29. That's when it began. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt ill-equipped to uh, serve in this role. And here we are. it's touch and go. And it was touch and go for years. And I got to tell you, I'm grateful. I grew up in poverty. Um, I was the kid who had to go to the lunchroom uh, every Monday to get my special color coded tickets. Yeah. I got my first job at 12. And so I learned to, um, live on very little and that served me well, especially my first 15 years as a director. Um, And yet in the midst of that, God was working something deep in me, faith. Um, You know, I don't consider myself this great man of faith, but there's nothing like trials that will take you uh, potentially to your knees. And I would cry out, God, I can't do this. And one miracle after another, I mean, God would just speak to people. Um, I can remember we had... um, acquire we wanted to acquire a home for one of our uh for for our ladies it just seemed like a no-brainer and i put out the word and like nothing came in like what's wrong with the church what's wrong with the people of god you know i'm not asking for money for a jacuzzi for me you know sports car just we need some money so we can help more women and i'll never forget this quentin um we had to give our word at a certain point, And I had like three more days and in anger, actually, it wasn't faith. I said, God, I quit. I'm done with this. I can't do this. I'm done. If you don't want it to work, it's not my problem anymore. <laughs> and I kid you not that day. It was a Friday. I'll never forget that day. We got a check for the full amount of what. We need it. I about went into cardiac arrest. <laughs> I saved the uh, copy of the check and I said to myself, There is a God. He does answer prayer. <laughs> right. But he needed me to come to the end of myself. Yeah. Because I was trying to be clever. You know, yeah. I can yeah. write. And so I got on, you know, my writing thing. And then I, you know, I did some speaking. And man, that tour, that tour did not work. And God once again humbled me to produce a needed level of faith in me. I mean, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And when you are overseeing a ministry in care of men and women, I think, Quentin, that the leading component, the most important quality is faith. Yes, You've got to be a man a woman of faith. And that doesn't come natural. I didn't come out of the womb with faith. Okay. <laughs>
0: right. I, no one
1: grow <laughs> it in me, man.
0: <laughs> I think that that's everyone's story is that, man, you know, it, it, I think it's too, it's just that churchy part of you. Right. So it's like, you know, so, you know, faith, side, you know, we, we know so much church lingo, uh, but you're not really tested until, you know, you know. you're tested. Yeah. Like, that's when you know where your faith is at is when you actually have been tested. And so, uh, that's another thing I love about the Lord too, is that, uh, he's not going to let you try to be a shyster, <laughs> not in his purpose, not, not the work that he has for you nope. to do. Uh, nope. you will not be able to wiggle yourself to actually be able to get any accolades, nope. um, nope. from it, especially, I think too, when you're dealing with men and women in that type of, um, uh, uh, stressful lifestyle, you know, addictions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to be a man that is of high character, high, high everything. You have to live above board uh, yeah. because of who you are presenting the message of God to. Uh, you can't be a person that's all over the place and you're trying to help people that's all over the place. You know, it's yeah. like, and I'm not saying that we have it all together, but I'm saying that that God just requires you to come to him more often to get your stuff worked out so that you can present yourself holy and acceptable uh, in front of people who need to see it. Like they need to see you be an example of Christ. Uh, And And, 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 you know, I, I think again, there's two things
1: that are kind of two sides of the same coin without which we're of no use to God, humility and faith. And yeah. again, it's not like I'm a humble man. I never pray, God, keep me humble. I pray, God, help me to grow in humility, okay? <laughs> but it's humility and faith. Right. And, um, you know, God had to beat the snot out of me, and he's had to do it other times. I, I got to tell you another quick story. Mm-hmm. So I come on uh, to this ministry, you know, after 15 years of preparation, and I get assigned to the car wash crew for my first three years. So 1988 to like 1991. And I oversee um, a weekly fundraising activity, washing cars. And I got to tell you, that was so anticlimactic. Like I come to ministry to, to <laughs> preach, to teach, to counsel, you know, to lead in worship. Right. And washing cars. Like what right. on earth? And I'm overseeing you know, a crew of just a bunch of knuckleheads like me <laughs> trying to raise some, you know, <laughs> meager dollars. Right. And I'll never forget. Um, I was just so mad, like, God, why am I here? And so I, on this day was in charge of the wax crew. So we were waxing away and man, I was hustling. This is like the 10th wax And uh, it was some young kid who thought he had the biggest, baddest car, you know, at least in the D. Right. That's right. And so um, after I waxed it, I I asked him, hey, everything cool? And he walked around. He had that little catwalk. I'll never forget it. He was Mr. Cool. And he pointed. He said, you missed a spot. And that was my breaking point. You know, I'm a little guy, but dynamite comes in little packages. I wanted to (laughs) wrap them one, okay? And the Spirit of God did something I would never have done. He actually got me on my knees, and I began to wax the bottom of that vehicle, the rear tire uh, behind the, the well there. And I can remember crying out to God as I'm waxing, as I'm filthy, sweating. I said, God, I quit. Man, I've had to quit many times. And I said, God, if this is what you want me to do the rest of my life, then I accept. Just give me the grace. Now, I'd like to say that the next week, you know, I I jumped out of bed. Wow, I can't wait to do this. It was another recommitment. But again, God was humbling me. And he continues to humble me. But man, we're of no use unless we're humbled. And in that humility is born the potential for faith. And so I thank God for reclaiming me over and over and for working in me. I wouldn't be here had he not been so kind to uh, beat me up a few times.
0: (laughs) Amen to that. And and I'm glad he did, man, because uh, you're doing a fantastic job over there at Life Challenge. So uh, God knew what he was doing over that way. Okay. So this is a good one here. So you've been married and we, we kind of talked about this before. So you've been married 30 years, 32 32. years, and you've been uh, employed over uh, a life challenge for 34 years. Um, Explain how that has been and how has uh, your relationship grown over the years with Lori Uh, because we are not really going hardcore at how intense, you know, this job that you do is, uh, when you're dealing with addictions and, uh, you're talking 30 something plus years of watching people come in, leave, pass away. Uh, you name it, I'm sure you've seen it and have dealt with it. Um, so pressure of life is on Jeff. How does that correlate to the relationship that you've built with Lori? Uh, How has that been?
1: Yeah. um, So I guess the first thing I want to say is I don't have a perfect marriage. Uh, I don't know of anyone who does. Um, I can tell you that our marriage has had some really great seasons and some not so great seasons. But by the grace of God, we've weathered through those. Um, We made a commitment to each other Uh uh, until death do us part. And by the grace of God, we're both going to complete that. Um, That said, one of the things that I am so appreciative with my wife is she's always been the planner um, of holidays, vacations, family times. I mean, family is very important Quentin, we got um, pregnant on our honeymoon, so nine months after we're married, kid one. <laughs> Twenty-two months after our marriage, kid two, and then you know three other, you know, two others rolled out. So Me, yeah. it's been it's been kind of crazy. But all that to say, Lori, in the midst of the demands of the ministry, um, has put on the calendar. Times where we will get away, whether it's for a day, whether it's for a weekend, whether it's for a week and a half. And, you know, the, God has been kind. I've had in laws that had a cabin up north, mm-hmm. you know, that was free. We had a place to go in Florida that was free. And just taking that time off has been so critical in our 34 years being together and growing in our relationship, and being with our children, I will tell you that I think family for me uh, has been been truly saving in that, you know, while while ministry is very uh, difficult at times, and overwhelming, and consuming, you know, when I've had to go home I've had little kids, and so the the benefit is I had to just kind of disconnect completely to get in touch with, you know, one kid, then another kid, yeah. and it's actually been, I think, salvific for me. Um, while I've got demands at home, those demands have helped me forget about the demands at work and to really lock in and focus in on Joshua, Luke. Laurie and then Jordan and then eventually John. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And so I've been able to just kind of separate and not bring work home. I've got, you know, I've got things to deal with here. Yeah. And I, I think another thing, and this hasn't happened overnight, it's taken years, and I still haven't arrived, but I really believe, Quentin, you can't have it all, and you can't be it all. And as we begin to realize that I can't have a perfect marriage, a perfect set of kids and a perfect ministry. I can't have even one of those because I show up, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And being able to settle for that, I can't have it all. And I can't do it all. And God doesn't expect me to do it all. It's freeing. You know, he expects me to be the best I can at life challenge But I don't carry it. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of our donors may be listening. I'm not going to die for Life Challenge. I will not do that. Right. I love that ministry. I've given 34 years of my life. That should be evidence of enough, but I'm not dying for it. Right. I'm only dying for a few people my wife, my four sons, my two daughters in law, and my granddaughter. And Jesus Christ. Okay. Right. So, you have to just kind of end it, you know, at work. It's not gonna be perfect. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I've gotta be a dad now and I gotta be a, a husband.
0: Now that right there is is just like paramount, right? Because I think that a lot of men um struggle with success and balancing out trying to be this great dad, this great husband. Um so my thoughts are just something that I'm always giving out is this you have learned you as a man have to learn how to be the best for your family. Yes. Uh, and that's really what the key is, is not looking in someone else's house, trying to measure up to other guys who, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And Hey, I take my wife out every other weekend and you're thinking, man, maybe I should try to do that. You know, maybe I'm not okay. doing enough for my wife, uh, but literally just looking at your household and understanding that, listen, this is what I have to do for them. And I also understand that you're not going to hit everything out of the park. Um, And I think that that is, that's like just relieving. Like that just release releases a lot of pressure that I can't knock it out of the park all the time. Because the one thing I've learned from me being married for 24 years is that your wife literally just wants your effort towards her the effort in building the kids and and raising the kids. She wants effort. She know that you can't knock it out of the park every time, but she know that you can put in effort. And Listen, I think the when best
1: you- the, the best baseball players they get thirty home runs in a year. Okay, the best ones they get on base once every three times. And I think we've got to just. Understand that, yeah, be the best you can in each season. And each season presents its unique challenges. You know, it's learning as you go. You know, it's fumbling forward um, as you go forward. But again, you can't be perfect. I, I never wanted nor strove for the bragging rights of some of my peers. Hey, I attended every game of my son. I'm going to tell you, Quentin, all four of my sons have been involved in high school sports, but I haven't attended every game. Yeah. I've supported them, but I have other priorities as well. And they understand that. Right. Um, And so it's just accepting your limitations, your imperfections. And I think that's born and growing in the knowledge that you're loved. Um, Right. Right. You know, I'll tell you something, and I I haven't told this to too many people, but um, I was in, um, I just completed, by the way, some some other additional schooling. And in my last five and a half years, I had a course on minister's health, and I had to do a deep dive. And by that, I came to see some things about me that just, just weren't good. And I can remember sitting in a Costco parking lot right off M5 in Commerce Township. My wife is in there. And I had been reflecting for the last two and a half months about my life, some of my shortfalls, some of the areas where I probably didn't make the best of moves. And, um, and I can remember in my head, I actually said it out loud. I'm not going to do it now. I'm not a swear, by the way. <laughs> But I said, I am effed up. And then I began to sob and laugh. Why? Because Jesus still loves me. And I began to break. And it was so freeing. Like, yeah, I can't do it all. No, I don't have it all. I fall short. But Jesus loves me. Right. And can I tell you that, that brings such security I don't have to prove anything to anybody. Nope. Abba, Father, loves me as yep. crazy as I am, as messed up as I am.
0: Yep. I listen, and I think that that's the part that I, you know, we want to get across to men, and and I think we have a lot of breakdowns and struggles with the ability or the non ability to be able to actually be perfect, and understanding that. Perfection is literally what you make it in your home. Um, as a father, I just, you know, when I got married, I right from the beginning, I, I'd really just put out how I wanted to navigate as a dad. Now, it, whether that meets anybody else's requirements or not, I didn't care. It's just that this is what I'm going to do as a husband and this is what I'm going to do as a father. And so what I'm normally when I'm mentoring young men and stuff, I tell them, listen, you have got to create an environment That's suitable for the woman that you've chosen and the children you guys have. That's the key. I can't tell you how to be anything. What I can tell you is this relationship with Christ. (laughs) You can't even accomplish what I'm going to try to tell you without a relationship with Christ. You can't create the right environment in your home for sustainability without a relationship with Christ. It just doesn't work. You have to have it as a man for sustainability because we're we we're not perfect we're we're not going to hit it out of the park so you have to have this relationship with christ which will help you be able to to, to sustain all the ups the downs the lefts the right and figure out a plan how are you going to father how are you going to be able to do it see if you start your career beforehand You have to think of a new way of fathering and being a husband. If you are on the back end, I'm a, I'm a back end guy. And I did that purposely for myself uh, because of how I wanted to navigate. Now I get some guys that'll come to me and go, dude, you could be here, here. And I'm like, well, I could, but that's not what I wanted to do because this is what I wanted to do. And I thought that this was the best thing for me. And I don't care if you could be a multimillionaire four times over, that doesn't impress me if your kids hate you, you and your wife get divorced and you struggle all your life with your relationship with Christ to where you just don't even want to do. So that's not, that's the most important things to me is that I want to put myself in a position to where I'm going to serve Christ the right way. That's, that's probably my most important thing in my life is serving Christ the right way as a man before my wife and my children that everybody else is secondary and third, but My wife and my kids is most important way on how I'm going to serve Christ before them. So that that way they understand integrity, character, uh, 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 commitment, consistency. Like those are the things that I wanted to bring to the table so that everybody in here understood that. And so I love that you uh, over these years have literally come to understand that for even yourself, for your house, which is this is the way that I might be. This is what I'm gonna do. And I'm not gonna worry about trying to meet, you know, because this culture, man, it just <laughs> it'll weigh heavier, and we're Christians, and it's like we shouldn't even have to deal with this in Christian. Like the in the kingdom part of this, we shouldn't even be having to worry about competitive edge and who does it better. And because that's the way the world act, you know, that's how the world runs and, and flows. Uh, but unfortunately, it it leaks over into church type stuff and so um
1: well i i shouldn't i shouldn't say this since we're on facebook live but you know, <laughs> two years ago i uh disconnected from facebook um and quitting just a confession um i would be on facebook and envy would take over greed sense of inadequacy and oh yeah well known that The longer one is on social media. Uh, There's a correlation between length of time and uh, depth of, you know, you might say depression and discouragement. Yep. And, um, you know, I'd see my fellow ministers. They're going to this conference. Man, he was asked to speak there. How come nobody ever asked me? (laughs) And it's insidious. No matter how good you got it. I mean, I've got no complaints. You know, a beautiful wife and children and ministry, yet there are always 10 other people who seemingly have it better. And once you know it, they plop up on their posts and I just couldn't handle it anymore. You know, my own, you know, call it my own, you know, just weakness. And I just said, I'm done with this. I don't need this additional temptation in my life.
0: Yeah, I just need to
1: be who God wants me
0: to be. Yep. That is really the biggest key. And I found that if you can surround yourself around with people um who can help uh solidify that, who can actually help keep you grounded, who you can talk to and bounce things off of, that's the best way to do it. Because I mean, I think that every man feels that way because I mean, for Pete's sakes, you know, we were we were put on this earth to work. Like if you don't you don't eat if you don't work so i mean that's in our head it's drilled there so it's like that competitive edge to be whatever is always there i mean i've had that you know being a podcaster and i mentor men and i talk to husbands and i do all this in the back scene right and i do the i've had that same thought process was like how does this guy get up there he just got divorced and he's got a book deal and you, and you kind of play with that but that's just the enemy's way to get you knocked off of your purpose right cuz whether you are in the spotlight or not, God's work has to be done. So that's how God lives. Whether if i got somebody with everybody looking at them or, or you're in a back cave alley in the missions on where, you know, there's nobody there. The work for Christ has to be done. And so I, too, have had to have myself reel back in and, and talk to some of my friends. And, and because you'll get all caught up, you know, this social media, I got to be on here because of what I do. But I, I think that that same impact happens to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. but man, you guys, I, you, you, you kind of going into my list of stuff that I was going to ask here. <laughs> uh, now I do have one thing here to, uh, how has working at life challenge? Cause, uh, this is a real big one, uh, because, you know, like I said, I've, I've been able to teach at one of the, the healthy relationship courses. So how has working at life challenge impacted the way you have chosen to raise your sons, like seeing all of what you've seen that had to play, like that had to play some part on the way that you wanted to raise your sons, uh, a a certain type of way, which had a direct reflection on what type of father you wanted to be to them. So kind of walk through that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, addiction is, Um, no respecter of persons and some of the, the worst addicts can come from the greatest families and have the greatest dads, the greatest moms. I get it, but, um, a good chunk, and I'm going to say a majority, at least 51% of those, at least who enter our doors, um, come in part because of a daddy issue. Yeah. And while maybe I did not consciously connect the dots, having had a dad who took time with me, who modeled for me, albeit he had feet of clay, but who modeled for me um, consistency, who modeled for me passion. um, I wanted to do my best to be that dad because, you know, at the end of the day, Who cares if you've got a great ministry or a great business, you've got, you know, a four stall garage and you lose your kids. And again, some of the greatest, you know, dads, you know, um, uh, you know, can have a a son, a daughter or more go rogue. So there's no blame here. But the odds of those children uh, serving the Lord are greatly upped, at least. When dad is there, when dad endeavors to do his best to model, not perfection, but humility. And with that, you know, hey, I made a mistake, but consistency. And so I've tried to be that for my boys. Uh, I can also tell you this, um, you know, working with addicts, um, I've never let my sons except maybe, um, you know, for one or two times, stay overnight at even a good church family's home. Um, I I just, because I've heard too many stories, uh, you know, hey, I was at the deacon's house and, you know, this kid did this or, you know, the deacon did that. So I'm not saying I'm a distrusting person, but I protect. I've tried to protect as best I can. Yeah. My people, my sons. <laughs> right. And that includes overnight shenanigans. Um I check, you know, their their phones, their computers, you know, who you with, where are you going. Um there's that protective instinct. What are we watching? I mean, if we're watching even a game, Quentin, and mm-hmm. I love sports. Uh if I see a beer commercial, I got to just change the channel not that that's affected me but it could and it could affect them you know what i'm saying and so yeah. just governing what they watch uh, you know as i raise them um and i have no regrets um, Yeah, i wanted to to steer them in a godly manner but not just throw out a bunch of restraints but help them love the lord and see that there is joy man right in christ and and there's joy in the church. I'm grateful for, you know, the churches we've been part of and, yep. pastors we've been under. Um, my kids, they're PKs. They don't have a bad attitude toward the church. They love right. the church. And, and Quentin, I'll tell you this just in short. I have prayed different things for my sons. One of them is, God, may they always love your son and may they love his bride. Your church. I have prayed that over my sons. And my oldest is 31. He's in ministry. My second oldest is in ministry. But I've prayed that and I've tried to model it. And I'll tell you this I've not had a roast pastor ever for lunch. Um, We don't do that in my household. You know, if we (laughs) see something in the church or the pastor, no, I want my kids, you know, to support the pastor, to support the church. And we don't talk negative. Right. you know about the church
0: yeah that uh yeah I mean you've been you you've you've locked in over there man uh, <laughs> because that's really what it is it's just um modeling uh, that whole model is is very important and in understanding that in today's I mean we're talking like almost 80% of homes have no dads um and this is secular you know the secular world says that the absence of fathers has put the destruction in place for our society, and that's a secular. That's not even holy folks. This is like regular, sinful folks who understand that there's something to fathers, and there's a when they're out of the when they're out the picture, man. Things definitely go the opposite direction, and uh, and I've literally taken a page out of that book that you. Uh, You have there, which is that. um, uh, And I use like the four C's. I basically taught my son, which is Christ, uh, character, um, um, uh, commitment and then consistency Um, and consistency backs up. Consistency is last because it backs and it solidifies the first three C's. So if you're consistent in Christ, you'll have great character. And if you stay consistent in God's character, then you'll be able to commit to anything that you're trying to do. You'll be able to have full commitment to your wife, your kids, to the business, uh, commit to your friends that you have real relationships with. You'll be able to commit to them, meaning that you will be you won't just pull on them and, 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 and drain them, but you will add value to their life as they add value to your life. So uh, I love that you know, that we're on the same page, uh, with that. Um, I've got two more questions here. Um, and this is a personal question just for you. And you kind of talked about, you kind of talked about it kind of along the way. Uh, but just basically, how have you been able to process all the tough things you've seen over the years, uh, working at a uh, life, uh, life challenge. Uh, and you talked about giving up or wanting to give up so many times, but you know, what would you tell yourself, you know what would you tell your twenty nine year old self today? if you could send him a note and start all over, what would you tell him? Like how about you just give me three things that you would tell him to prepare him for who you are today?
1: You know the the first thing is um, make sure you have that time with the Lord each day. It's gotta it's gotta start there where you are seeking first Christ, where you're endeavoring to live in loving union with Jesus. That's the first, that's watershed. If we don't get that right, nothing happens. Um, The second thing, community is so important. Um, I had um, an older pastor when I was like 29 uh, in a room and I asked him a question, I said, what can you tell a, a rookie like me? So this is 30 years ago. And he said, Jeff, make sure you make a, a priority of friendships and maintaining good friends with you know your peers and others. And I've done that. Um, I'm typically Having coffee, you know, I had last week, I think I had a breakfast with one guy, a lunch with another guy. I'm having coffee next week with another guy. I'm intentional about that, yeah, That's great. Uh, about having relationships with other godly men. I need them pouring into me. I need the accountability. I just need the camaraderie. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. Um, and then the third thing I tell, um, love, your, love your mommy you know, or in my case, love your, love your lady and stay with her. And just remember that the best thing you can give your children is a good marriage. And again, I don't have the perfect marriage, but my sons know that dad loves, dad loves their mom and uh, isn't going anywhere is committed to her. And, you know, bumps or not, we love each other. And yeah. I think that provides at least um, a good shot, you know, for those those children to to launch and to launch successfully. There's no guarantees, you know. Like I've said, some of the greatest families, you know, experience such tragedy and pain, and that hurts me. Yeah. And you know, if anyone's listening, I don't want them to feel guilt, you know, because. Yeah we've all got regrets. You know, I've missed yeah. some corners. I've missed plenty of corners, but I'm yeah. grateful that you know, it's kind of like a general contractor. You know, you can make some real bad mistakes, but a good general contractor will come in behind you and yeah. clean it up. And I'm thankful for my father who yeah. uh, comes behind me and cleans up my messes.
0: Yeah, man. Listen, man, this has been uh, just one of the Best conversations <laughs> are around work life balance. Uh, because I think we as men, um, I don't think we can have this conversation enough um, across the board because uh, it's awesome to be able to hear how other men have been able to maintain that work life balance, how they've been able to pour into their children, how they've been able to uh, solidify the love between them and their wife. Uh, I just love that your story and, and all the, even all the challenges and everything that came along with it. Uh, I loved the way that you uh, presented that today, man. It was just awesome. Uh, I hope, you know, everyone out there has listened, listen, we're live on Facebook. What I want you to do is I want you to share this uh, with as many people as you can. Um, this is a good buddy of mine, Jeff, over at life challenge ministries uh, where they, uh basically specialize in a program that allows you to uh, become your best self uh through the lens of Christ. And uh and they help people struggling with addiction. So if you know anyone who is struggling with addiction, uh, who's ready to make a change um and and ready to, you know, and really is seeking out for help, uh, this is a great program uh that's faith based. Uh they lead everything in love. Uh uh, and and I can't speak more highly of them. And as I said earlier in the show that uh, me and my wife, we had spent three years um, volunteering and teaching a health relationship class uh, as part of the program, as part of the exiting out program. And so uh, I can definitely tell you firsthand that this is a program that you would want to get either, you know, one of your friends that are struggling into I'll put all the information inside of the comments section of the uh, uh, on Facebook. And so you guys can reach out if you need to, or if you just want to look at, you know, look it up for any literature uh, for what they do. Uh, and for last, before we get off, they also accept donation. This is a faith based organization, uh, so they're not funded by the government and get all this crazy money, you know, like that. Uh, they really lean on donations. And if you have a heart for service. Uh, this is definitely a place I would say, put your money, uh, to help someone to be able to recover and have their life, uh, elevated in Christ. So, uh, thank you very much, Jeff, man. I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you, man. Giving me an hour of your day outside of your busy schedule, man. Thank your family for allowing you, uh, this time to be able to come on and chat with me. Uh, if you ha- you have any other words for us?
1: My pleasure. Thanks for those listening and may the Lord Jesus be exalted, man.
0: Hey. Stay man, the this, course, my brothers. Oh, I know, right? I agree. Stay the course. Stay the course. Uh, and this is God loves you. He likes uh, you, man. <laughs> right, he surely does.
1: He loves uh, knuckleheads.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, you, you know what? That's how we should have ended. And God loves knuckleheads. So. <laughs> so uh but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. And uh this is uh Quentin Crumby. and we're out of here, man. Peace out. All right. Man.